Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Good morning, everybody. My name is Charlie Temple. I'm not Pastor Mark, as, as you notice. Uh, he's down in Florida, enjoying Miami and other places at a conference and with his family. Pray for him that he really gets some great rest down there with Audra and the kids and that they come back here recharged and ready to go, ready to speak the name of God all over the place, not just in this church, but all over our community. I've been here for 12 years. I used to be a council member. I am now an elder along with my wife, Kelly, here at the church. So, unlike Pastor Mark, I have never been to Bible school. Unlike Pastor Mark, I've never been kicked out of Bible school for wearing women's clothing. When he asked me to to do this, I was out at the Merrimack outlets shopping. Well, I wasn't shopping. I was eating Chinese food, and my wife was shopping in the rain. And he asked me to do this. And immediately, God said to me, talk about miracles. It was immediate. I knew right away the word I had for you today. And I talked to Mark about two weeks later. And I said to him, I love your humility. A lot of pastors will not share this pulpit. It's theirs. They own it. They don't want other people speaking up here. Pastor Mark shares this pulpit with many, many people. I want to share a verse with you that's really a life verse for me. It says this very simply. Humility comes before honor. I can tell you that Pastor Mark, your pastor, is a man of great honor. Why? Because he allows the humility to come first. So pray for he and Audra uh, as they vacation. I am more than excited to be speaking to you today. Pray for me that these are God's words today, not Charlie Temple's words. Pray for me that they pierce your heart today. Today is a day of miracles. Make no mistake about it. You just heard about one. Twelve kids giving their life to Jesus Christ. If that is not a miracle, I don't know what is. Amen, Amen, right? Twelve little lives changed. My topic is miracles today. And the best way to talk to you about miracles is to give you a few testimonies. I don't know about the rest of you, but I love a good testimony, right? It's just a reflection of God standing right in front of you. So this first testimony is one that is very, very personal to me. She's not here today, but I want to introduce you to a powerful woman of God. Her name is Barbara Berg. I first met Barbara 
and her husband Larry over 20 years ago. I was not a believer at the time. I thought you, quote, religious people were very judgmental, very ritualistic, and you engaged in condemnation. Notice I said religious. I talked to Barbara this morning. I talked to her Friday night, and she told me to make it very clear to you, her life is not about religion. It's about relationship. She is a woman of Christ, a beautiful, gorgeous, inside and out, walking, talking example of Jesus Christ, not every day of her life, but every second of her life. Barbara Berg is a miracle. I'm going to go down a little rabbit trail here because that's what Pastor Mark does to you all the time, and I thought you'd feel comfortable with that. I love nicknames. I used to coach softball, soccer, basketball. In fact, I met Pastor Peter Bonanno on a soccer field. I love nicknames. My two beautiful daughters are here today. My middle daughter's name is Riley. Beautiful name, right? I think so. I do not call her Riley. I call her Raymond. Why? Because everybody loves Raymond. My other daughter, my youngest daughter, Briar, I call Bubba. What an awful nickname, right? I love it. Why do I call her Bubba? I have no idea. She came out. I said, your name shall be Bubba. I love nicknames. Barbara Berg. I do not call her Barbara. I call her the Bullet. Why do I call her the bullet? My life group knows this, but I've never told them this story. Uh, Larry and Barbara Berg are basically professional tennis players. They are really good doubles tennis players. And years ago, my wife Kelly and I had a match with them. Now, I think I'm a great tennis player. I'm not that good at all. Kelly's pretty good. So when I get in this match and I see how good this other couple is... My reaction to that is I need to start talking. I need to trash talk Barbara Berg until she can't hit that ball anymore. Now, one of the problems I have is Larry Berg is actually a much better trash talker than Charlie Temple. So we're engaged in this match, and Larry and I are wah, 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 and the two ladies are like, this is ridiculous. So I take a ball from Barbara Berg, who's directly across from me. She hits it at my feet, and I pop it up. But I think, I'm coming to the net. I am going to win this point. It goes way up in the air, comes down, and bounces high at the net. I'm right at the net, and Barbara just, I don't know if it was a backhand or forehand, because it was a very dramatic event for me. She (laughs) pounds that thing. It comes at me like a bullet and hits me in a place below the button that's very sensitive. (laughs) Right below the belly button. I fall to the ground and stop talking. I am not talking anymore. (laughs) I raise myself up, and I look at her, and I say, your name is the bullet. (laughs) And I have called her the bullet ever since. That's a little story to explain her nickname. Now, let me explain to you what the bullet is all 
about. She is the most powerful person of Christ I've ever seen in my life. I met her when I didn't believe. And when I met her, I saw that relationship. I saw the peace, the joy. I saw the love. I saw this commitment to her God, to Christ. She was Christ-like. And that was part, she and Larry, their example of what brought me after 35 years to Jesus Christ. Amazing, amazing people. In 2013, after many years of living this example, Barbara the Bullet Berg said to herself, God, you're not using me enough. And she prayed, and she prayed, and she prayed a little more that God would use her more. Why? She wanted to plant seeds. Seeds of faith every day of her life. So she said, God, use me more. And this is going to shock you. Here's what God did. In 2013, my friend the bullet was diagnosed with stage 4 brain cancer. Stage 4, people. We all know what that means, right? She had a surgery. She came out of that surgery. She's had chemotherapy after chemotherapy. Recently, she had another surgery because the tumor that was stagnant on the left had spread to the right. Don't feel sorry for the bullet. God has used her more. God has answered her prayer. Four years later, guess who's walking the face of this earth? The bullet. Guess who's spreading the word throughout her area in Naples, Florida, and beyond that, because she has all her surgeries in D.C.? Guess who's talking to the nurses, the doctors, anyone she can get her hands on? She is going to talk about her God. Recently, she had that surgery three weeks ago on the right side to remove the tumor. The doctor was very clear with she and Larry. I'm going to remove this tumor. I'm going to get it out of there. I'm going to take your sight. And I may take function from the left side of your body. I really don't know what I'm going to hit as I do this surgery. Larry and Barbara take that. That's, that's from a doctor that they love, by the way. They take that news and they say, God, we're in your hands. Doc, God will answer our prayer. We'll see whether I see or not, won't we? Do the surgery. Pure faith every step of the way. She had the surgery three weeks ago. Does she have all of her sight? No. Can she see? Absolutely. Right? Can she see like she used to see physically? No. But I will tell you one thing. Barbara Berg has 20-20 spiritual vision at this moment in her life. She told me a funny story on the phone the other night. I was telling her, I really want to give your testimony. Will you allow me to give your testimony? And she's like, have at it. You better plant some seeds, Mr. Temple, and do it in a Christ-like way. And she was saying, I came home from the surgery. From, I have the surgery in D.C. I traveled to Florida. 
I'm in a bowling league. Now, I've lost about 70% of my sight. I can't really see the ball go all the way down. But do you think I'm not going to bowling league? And this is a woman, as I hear her voice, she is so excited to be living her life. Why? Because it's a life lived for Jesus Christ. She's not living for the bullet. She's living for her God. So she rails the ball down, can't see it, turns around, and just asks everybody, how am I doing? And they're like, nine, Barbara. Good. Give me the next ball. Right? I joke about it. But this life of the bullet, it's a miracle, people. It's a sheer miracle. A miraculous faith that produces a miracle. Where do miracles come from? I mean, where did Barbara the Bulletberg come from? Miracles come from God. Turn to Psalm 77, if you would. 77.14. So if you have a Bible, just turn in your Bibles. If you've got your phone, your mobile device, turn in your mobile device to Psalm 77.14. It's a really simple verse. So I'll let you get there. As you're getting there, one thing that Barbara Berg did say to me, because she was trying to text me this morning, and because she doesn't have all of her sight, she has to dictate it, and it kept shutting down on her. So after two texts, as I was trying to text her back, because I knew what she was saying is, I'm praying for you, she calls me. Uh, and she calls me, and with her very strong voice, says, plant the seed. There's got to be someone there who's struggling. Someone there who needs to meet Jesus, like these 12 little kids. Make sure they meet Jesus this morning. So what's Psalm 77, 14 say about miracles? Really simple. It says this, you are the God who performs miracles. Do you notice it says performs, present tense? It doesn't say, God, you performed miracles back in the day of Moses. Or, God, you performed miracles when Jesus was on the face of this earth walking. No, not at all. It says, God performs miracles now. Today, in this church, God is performing miracles, right? Absolutely. So here's my question for you today. Do you believe in miracles? Yeah, I do. And uh, God is performing them. Why does God perform miracles? It's right in John 11 for... We're going to be turning there so you can go to John 11. But as you get there, I'll read this verse. John 11:4. It is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. The bullet's life does one thing. And one thing only. It glorifies God. It glorifies Jesus Christ. That's the answer to that question. I want to tell you a miraculous story, and it's a biblical story. And you actually heard it last week. Uh, and when I was getting this message ready over last weekend, I got it ready on Saturday, felt really good about it, couldn't wait to tell you the story of Lazarus. 
I wasn't here last Sunday, so I watched the message on Monday, and Pastor Mark starts right off telling the story of Lazarus. And I'm sitting there in a very negative fashion saying, you're stealing my material. I couldn't believe he was telling the story of Lazarus, right? But it works perfectly because I just want to take you through that miraculous story and hit some verses with you. As you know from last week, Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, send word to Jesus. And the word is this, Lord The one you love is sick. And Jesus receives this message with his disciples. And he sits on it for a couple of days. And he says to our disciples in verse 11, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. Now they think Lazarus is just sleeping. And Jesus says, why don't you guys listen to me? So he says to them, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that, and listen to this, so that you may believe, right? Miracles are about believing in Jesus Christ. And then they go to Lazarus, and Lazarus has been in the tomb now for four days. And Jesus speaks and meets with Martha right way. It's it's like Martha is one of us. And Martha says to him, if you had been here, this is verse 21, my brother would not have died. But then she shows her faith. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus says to her this, your brother will rise again. Your brother will lead a resurrected life. Your brother will be like Barbara Bird, living a resurrected life for Christ. He then says these words, and if you listen to any of this message, I'd hope you'd listen to these words. These are not my words. These are the words of Jesus Christ. He says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Never die. Live an eternal life forevermore. So then Jesus approaches Mary. And this tells you what your God is all about. This tells you that your God is all about the relationship he has. In verse 33, when Jesus sees Mary weeping, And the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Verse 34, where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord, they replied. 35, verse 35, listen to this. Jesus wept. This is how much he loves Lazarus. This is how much he loves all of you in your own seasons of life. He weeps. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? And then the doubt creeps in with some of the Jews. They said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? So there's the doubt. Jesus has come to the earth. He's given blind men their sight. He's allowed people who were disabled and unable to walk to walk. 
He has performed countless miracles, many of which were not written about, and they still doubt. He goes to the tomb, and he says, take away that stone. And then he says these words, Lazarus, come out. And he says, take off the grave clothes and let him go. We, we read that last week, and the whole message was, hey, people, unravel those grave clothes that are holding you down, right? Those roots, maybe, of bitterness. Those roots of family dysfunction in your life that may have been there. Maybe it's a root of just, you've got a lot in life, a whole lot. You're very wealthy, but you're married to your material things. You're not married to Christ. Take away all that sin. Unravel your grave clothes and come out. So that's the story of Lazarus. And then if you jump forward to John 20 and go all the way to the end of that chapter, it tells you what Jesus in miracles is all about. In verse 30, it said, Jesus did many other miracle, miraculous signs excuse me, in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. So many more miracles. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in him. I'll tell you, without any hesitation, without any doubt in my mind, my heart, in my soul, that I believe in miracles. Amen, right? And for me, miracles come in threes. Aren't I blessed? Right? August 27, 2013. One of the best days of my life. Started off very early, and I don't like to get up early. It's 4.30 in the morning. Give me a break. We get a call from my son in New Jersey. My son, who I love like my daughters. His nickname? Meathead. <laughs> Why would I call him Meathead? Why? I used to love that show that the younger people won't even know, but it's all in the family. And Archie Bunker used to call his son-in-law Meathead. So it's very affectionate, but again, a very bad nickname. So Meathead's on the phone at 4.30 in the morning calling from New Jersey. And I'm not talking to him because I'm sleeping. I'm not getting up to talk to the guy. I just, I'm not getting up. Kelly gets up and talks to him, and she says, get up. It's time to go. We're headed for New Jersey. It's a work day, right? I have to work. I have to go to the law school. I got students to take to court and all these things. Now, God had taken care of all of that. I didn't have any court hearings that day at all. So we shoot down to New Jersey. Why? Because our daughter, Lindsay, is about to give birth. Isn't that great, right? About to give birth. Wow. To one baby, yeah. To two babies, Great. Twins. Cool, huh? No, we're going for three. Right? Three little guys are about to arrive at the Morristown Memorial Hospital 
in New Jersey. You tell me that God doesn't do miracles to my face. I'll point to Declan, Nolan, and Everett. So we go down there. Um, and this is one of the best moments of my life. My son walks into a waiting room. I'm there with Kelly. I'm there with Lindsay's parents, Greg and Ann. And he walks in. And my son is no longer just my son. He's now a father. And this father of three little boys walks in that room and says, your grandsons, your healthy three little grandsons have arrived 10 weeks early. Only three pounds each, literally, almost the size of this hand. And I can remember, they were in the neonatal uh, intensive care unit, the NICU, for 10 weeks at that hospital. Each had their own nurse. Nurses, I think, sent from heaven. Those nurses treated those three little guys like they were their kids. You didn't mess with those little guys, or you had someone to answer to. When we first arrived, they're in their, their little uh, bassinets, I guess you could call it. They're, they've got wires all over them. They've got a CPAC on their face. Uh, all these buzzers are going off. You know, my son is a police officer. Uh, and I don't know if there's any police officers in here. Police officers are very calm people. So a noise goes off. What does that noise may, mean, Shane? Uh, that means Declan's not breathing right now. Like, what? Do something. Don't worry. If the nurses will come in, if it's the warning that means they've got to do something with them. And sure enough, like 10 seconds later, warning goes off. He's breathing, Dad. Relax. You know, what, what are you so nervous about? Um, and here's what I did. I can remember this to this day. I would go to each bassinet with all those wires and everything, and I would put my hand on it, and I would look down at those little guys, and I would just pray, Jesus, come into this room. I just want these three little guys to live. Uh, and there were all these milestones. Are they going to see? Are their lungs developing, right? Hands on. Just praying. Holy Spirit, come into this place and allow these little guys to grow up. Allow them to grow up in you. Let me be a part of that. Ten weeks. And then a lot of diapers. You're like 36 a day, right? <laughs> Feeding three little guys. We're going, Kelly's going back and forth to New Jersey. I'm going to New Jersey. And every day I see those little babies, I say, it's a miracle from God. You are little miracles. I want to fast forward to just a couple weeks ago. It's, I think it's April 6th. They're coming up for four days on a weekend. My guys. Everett, Nolan, and Declan. I have to work for some reason to like 9 o'clock that night. I'm teaching over at the law school, and I'm just, I can't wait to get out. It's a three-hour class. I want it to end in like 10 minutes. I probably could do that, but I can't. I got I to gotta teach. So I teach, I teach, I go home, I drive up the driveway, and there's Meathead's minivan. The guy who said, I'll never own a minivan like you... <laughs> like you tortured us with. He's now on his second minivan with the New Jersey plates. And the way I greet my grandchildren, my grandsons, is I think it's biblical. 
But it's just the way I do things, right? I always say to them, peace and love. Kind of a homey type of love, but <laughs> peace and love. And what I'm telling them is God loves you and your grandpa loves you with all his heart. And so I get out of the car. I'm not in the house yet, right? But I know they're there. So I start screaming out, peace and love. And I mean, I'm screaming it out. That's how excited I am to see these little guys. And I know my daughters are there. My whole family's in the house. I open the door, and there's three little guys running, screaming, peace and love. (laughs) Right? And they each wrap their arms around my neck and say, love you, Grandpa. You tell me that our God doesn't perform miracles. They're walking. They're talking. They're, in my humble opinion as their grandfather, they're perfect. Right? Why? Because God performs miracles. Whoops, that just fell off. Three little miracles. You look me in the face and tell me that God doesn't perform miracles. I look out here at the various relationships I have in this church. I can look around and see faces, and I see miracles, right? Remember when Phil preached, I don't know, a month, month and a half ago? And he said to all the single mothers, stand up. And they all stood up. And he said, church... It's time to shower them with gifts. And those women were showered with gifts from God. Money, that green stuff that's really meaningless, but in that moment was very meaningful. One of those women gave a testimony where she needed, I think, and if I'm wrong, someone can correct me later, something like $139 to pay a bill. Guess what she received in church that morning? $139 right on the nose. Do you believe in miracles, church? Yeah. Do you believe in miracles? I'd like to invite the worship team back up, if you'd come up. It's really time to believe. Right? I think the biggest miracle that God performs on a daily basis, is the miracle of salvation. Twelve little miracles in children's church. I'm believing in a miracle of salvation in this church, this morning, in this moment. And I want you to pray for that. Pray for just one soul, one soul to come to Christ. Right? If I didn't tell you to pray for that today... There'd be one person in this world who would be on the phone with me after this service saying, what are you doing? You gotta, you gotta plant the seed. That would be the bullet. And she's not calling me this morning. No way. God's not going to allow that. What does God do? God performs miracles, people. Open your arms and your heart to it. Let God perform a miracle in your life. If you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, 
It's not about religion. If you're mad about the religious leaders of the day, if you can't stand religion, guess who railed against religion when he was on the face of this earth? Jesus Christ, right? He called them fakes. He said they were spreading a false message. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. John 14, 6. I want to pray right now. And I'm going to pray for a miracle in each one of your lives, no, no matter what that be. Open your hearts to it. Embrace it. Let God in, no matter where you are in your walk with God. Whether you've been walking with God for 50 years or whether you haven't walked with Christ at all, open the door and surrender. It's time. Let's pray. Dear God, it is time to believe in miracles. It is time to believe in the God who performs miracles. It is time to testify to God's glory in our life. God, let your Holy Spirit flood this place. The miracle of salvation is in our midst. Jesus is calling out to you. And he's saying, just believe in me. It's that simple. It's not about a ritual. It's not about doing good in your life. There's plenty of time to do that, especially when you have faith in me. Call out to a God who loves you, who died for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. On October 1, 1995, God, I came to you because of the powerful message you sent to me through testimonies of people who believed in you, through people like Barbara and Larry Bird who were walking with you. I thank you, Jesus, for October 1, 1995. And now I pray, God, on April 23rd, 2017, that there be a soul, a beautiful soul in this congregation that says, I need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let that miracle of salvation come forward today. Let the seeds of your faith be planted throughout this church today. As everyone prays, and I want you to pray with your heart and your soul now, just for one soul, one soul that would believe today. And thank God, by the way, for the 12 souls that were saved in Children's Church. And I'm going to look around now. And if today is the first day that you have believed in your life, that you believe that Jesus Christ is God, 
that he has died for you, that he covers your sin, that you are spiritually reborn today. This is your second birthday. Just slip up your hand. I'm not going to call on you. I'm not going to do anything like that. Just slip up your hand for me. Amen. Thank you. God is with you today. Jesus has come into your heart today. A soul has been saved. Is there another soul? I've seen one hand. It's kind of hard for me to see the hands. One other person. Don't be shy. This is the day of your salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Four souls. Four miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'd like to... Now I'd like to pray with these four beautiful souls. A very simple prayer. And just pray with me. God, thank you for coming into my life today. Very simply, Jesus, I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe in you. Thank you for dying on that cross to save me from my sin. My faith is in you, Jesus, not in men anymore. My faith rests on the cornerstone. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. I surrender to you. Today is the first day of my new life. In Jesus' name, amen. So, hey, people, do you believe in miracles? Because we just saw four. And many more seeds have been planted, church. Many more seeds have been planted. I want to thank Barbara Berg and Larry Berg for allowing me to share their life with you today. And I want to say this publicly. There's not two people on the face of this earth that I love more than Larry and Barbara Bird. They are family to me. Why are they family? We share the same father, right? And I don't know, and Barbara told me last Friday night, just this Friday night, the cancer's back. I'm now on an experimental drug. 40 people in the world are on it. I'm praying for a miracle. But let me be very clear with you, Charlie. I have no fear. I have peace. I think my life is fun. And I'm living it. And, and then she has a great sense of humor. She said, we're all going to be in heaven together someday. You, me, Larry, and Kelly. Wow. It's going to be great, but I'm the bully. I think I'm going to get there first because I'm a lot faster than you people. So, Barbara and Larry, I say this to you. Peace and love. People, let us embrace the miracles. Let us pray for miracles. Let us testify to God's as we play this 
music, because quite frankly, these people behind me, I think they're a miracle. The worship music we get just runs directly up to God. Pastor Richie's a miracle. Isn't he? And he's not a miracle looking for you to come up and say, wow, what a wonderful voice, what a great guitar player you are. No, he's a miracle who wants you to glorify God in all that you do. Every word that he sings, every strum that Cam does on that guitar, every pound on this drum, glorifying God. It's miraculous. So as we sing this song, I'm going to do one last invitation. And this is a fun one. If you believe in miracles, come on up. Let's dance. Let's sing. Let's clap. Let's live like the bullet. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 